Check. Coming through. Great. Uh, so, welcome. So, I uh, didn't want to leave Easter without going back and revisiting a particular verse. Um, so, I want to take you back here to 30 AD. This is the Friday of Passover, right? And I want to go through the crucifixion of Christ, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But let's take a look at the scripture in the verse. Boy, that's really small. Okay. I thought I could read it, but for me, yeah. Okay. So, let me read it off of here, right? So, to others, actually, maybe I'll just grab it. Just to read this, right? Um, yeah. So, as, as I get older, my eyes are going. And I refuse to take glasses, so. Um, to others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the Skull, you might know it as Calvary, right? Uh, there, there they crucified him and the criminals. One to the right and the other to the left. But Jesus was saying, what was he saying? Do you know this? The classic line, right? And they cast lots. What's lots? Do you know what lots are? Yeah, they threw, like, sticks with markings on it, dice, you might know, to take his garments, right, to figure out who gets what, right? So they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by looking on. And even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers, these are the Roman soldiers, right, also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him. What was the inscription? This is the king of the Jews, right? One of the criminals who were hanging there was hurling abuse at him, the one on the left, right? Saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other on the right answered, and rebuking him, said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we, reserve, what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And he said to them, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. So, I know last time I heard crinkling of paper, so I'm not going to touch the paper this time. But, uh, so, the reason I picked this particular scripture and the reason I picked this message today was I didn't get a chance in Easter. Um, so, I know Easter, we're getting near the end of Easter. Um, but someone asked me a question a couple months ago, and it was a very poignant question. And it, it's a question I'm sure as a Christian that you possibly get asked a lot. Um, how do I get to salvation, or how do I meet the requirements of salvation, how do I get to heaven, right? And you may find this a little odd that I would pick this particular scripture to answer that question, but I'm hoping that you'll see, even though this is a short passage, that there's a lot of information in here that can answer that question. Um, I'll also self-identify. <laughs> I struggled with the title of this one. Um, so initially I had the soteriology of a thief. Does anyone know what soteriology is? No. Okay, it's, it's the doctrine of salvation. It's, it's the teaching of the doctrine of salvation. And, and there's an element definitely in here on a personal note of the thief. He did re reach salvation, so that is true. But it doesn't really answer the question fully of how we 
get to salvation, how we get to where we want to be, right? Um, so I changed it to a story of a thief holds the key. So we're basically going to go fishing. So instead of giving you the fish and the answer, we're going to go fishing. And this story will reveal and unfold itself to answer that question, right? Okay, so we're going to look at four things. So there's four C's, I call it, today. So we're going to take a closer look at the scripture, at the passages. Um, we're going to consider the mockery, what I call the mockery at Calvary. So you could, you could call it the comedy, that's a, probably a bad word, but the vaudeville, the escapades that go on around the event as Jesus is going towards Calvary, towards the cross, towards crucifixion. Um, so it's two C's. The third C is the contrast. There's a lot of contrast and irony here in this passage. And then finally, to answer the question, I'm going to make you go all the way to the end, the conversion, the conversion of a thief, which holds the answer to the question that I was posed. Okay. Um, I put up here, so Luke, so as you know or may not know, um, Mark, Luke, Matthew, even John, in this case not, not necessarily John, they, they show different perspectives of the same thing, right? The books are, are similar, it's just the different perspective on the events that happen in the Bible. So Matthew and Mark um, talk about Calvary and the crucifixion, but Luke is the only one that covers the penitent thief part. So this is the back five verses of Luke, right? So this would be 39, if my math is right, 39 to 43. Is the only, Luke is the only one that covers it. So that's all we have to go on. Um, so we can go, let's, let's start about, let's talk about the, consider the, the mockery. Or, so let's read, what I did here is I highlighted parts of this verse to cover each of those C's, right? So the first one here is, and I'll read starting from verse 35. And the people stood by, looking on, and even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, he saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, the chosen one. And the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine, and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him, and what did that say? the king of the Jews. So that is a key line here. This is, I heard a pastor refer to this as the comedy at Calvary, and although on the surface it seems harsh and blasphemous and things like that, it actually kind of does depict the event. What's going on here is a mockery of Jesus, almost a vaudeville-like comedy satire, right? Everyone's joining in, the Roman soldiers, the people. Remember, in Monday, they had welcomed the king, right? They welcomed Jesus as what? King of the Jews, right? Hosanna, Hosanna. They were praising him. Here comes our, our king, right? And now we get to Friday in Passover, and all they want to do is get rid of him because they want to get on with Passover, right? Because that's a Jewish, big Jewish holiday. So um, my point here is to kind of take you back, and I want you to be in this moment, be in this event. So when Jesus says, you know, please forgive them, how much it means, how powerful that statement is, because they are mocking him all the way, right? So it says, and the people stood by, right? So there is a separate passage, I'll show you in a minute, from Matthew. I know that says the people just stood by, but actually they were also sneering and mocking. So we have an account from Matthew and Mark saying that. So the the crowd is there for Passover, and they're mocking Jesus. As we keep going, the rulers, 
That's the, the Jewish rulers. So Jesus was a stumbling block to the Jews, right? So they knew a Messiah. They knew their Old Testament. They knew that someone would come in as a Messiah, right, and ride in and, and, and be the Savior. But when Jesus came in, what did he come in on? He came in on a donkey, humble. They were expecting him to come in on, ride in on a white horse, and smite their enemies, get rid of the pagan Romans, and do miraculous miracles, and all these, you know, praise them for being God's chosen people, and he did nothing like that. So he was a stumbling block to them. So at this point, they are angry at Jesus, along with the crowd. We continue here, we have the soldiers, the Roman soldiers. The Roman soldiers, it was laughable that Christ would be the king of the Jews. Here's a a person dying from a common death, which is crucifixion. You know, thousands of people died from crucifixion long, long before this. And he was dying as a common... Here's a savior, a king of the Jews, who's going to die as a, as a, in crucifixion, like a common criminal. So once again, the Romans were mo mocking him, right? So we continue through. And the reason I bring this up, the, this is the king of the Jews, it was almost like a, a vaudeville-like, and Jesus was the joke. Right? So maybe you know this or maybe you don't. Uh, I'll ask you some questions. When, what was on Jesus' head? Crown. A crown. Not a crown of gold, a crown of what? Thorns. Thorns, right? Who else wears a crown? A king. So they're mocking him. They give him a crown of thorns. Remember in, when he was with Pilate, they put over him, do you remember? A robe, right? Mockery, right? They gave him sour wine, like you give a king, Right? And you know why they put the two thieves up there? They were meant to be his courtiers. Does anyone know what a courtier is? Probably Game of Thrones people, but um, now courtier is your two top people. So when a king, uh, when, when a king's there, he has his two top people always to the left and the right. You ever see him sit? A king will sit, and he has two top peoples to his left and his right. They're called his courtier. They're his most important two people. And who did they put up next to him? Two thieves. See, this was all a mockery. It's a satire. It's an evil, evil satire. And as I read it, it really disturbs me. But that's what happened, right? So that sets the tone. That's what's going on here. Um, so can we go to the next thing? So at the top here, I just mentioned, because I have, and the people stood by. I didn't want you to think that the people were just standing by, twiddling their thumbs. Mark actually tells, or Matthew, excuse me, 2739, 2739, yeah. Um, actually, says that they were also sneering and wagging their, wagging their heads, right? Okay. Um, go to the next slide. Thank you. Cool. So we talked a little bit about, I wanted to set the, the stage, right? We talked a little about considering the mockery or the vaudeville or the comedy, just to kind of set the stage. There's a lot of contrasts or, or ironies that I see in this, too. Um, so they got it all wrong, but here's a couple that I wrote down. Keep in mind, I'm an analyst. I'm a project manager kind of guy. So I had to put it in the table. <laughs> so, but at least you can kind of see, right? Uh, I struggled. I was like, I got to put it in the table. Um, so Jesus is said to be a threat to Rome's authority and must be executed. And yet they mock him as being helpless. How ironic. Jesus is mocked as being a king. And ironically, and yet he is God's true king. Jesus is found guilty and executed by the guilty, but he's innocent and sinless. Right? Jesus is cursed by his enemies who hate him, but he takes the full brunt of the Father, right, who loves him. 
Jesus is the one dying so that those who are dead can receive life. Jesus is the true Passover lamb. I find this one really, this really caught my eye. But the Jews want him dead so they can get on with the celebration of Passover, which points to his death. So they completely missed it, right? Um, Jesus is rejected, but is the one true lamb that can take away the sins. But the Jews want to get on with the slaying of lambs that can never take away sins. And then finally, Jesus is mocked as not being able to save himself. In not saving himself, Jesus was able to save others and all who accept him. So those are the ironies. Now we get to the part you've been waiting for. So to answer the question that was posed to me, we'll go to the conversion of a thief. So the answer is here, right? So I highlighted the, the parts that relate to the conversion. Um, two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the Skull or Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They had mocked him all the way up. I set that stage for you. And he still, this is how loving Jesus and God is, right? That he would forgive the people that are crucifying him as they're mocking him and crucifying him and stripping him of all dignity. He still turns and says that. That just blows my mind whenever I read that. One of the criminals who was hanged there, and there was two of them, right? Now, I'll just take a moment and say, if you go to Matthew or Mark, it says both criminals were hurling accusations or, or mocking Jesus. So don't think that the one criminal, they were pretty much buddies or whatever, and they were both mocking Jesus the same way. One criminal who was hanging there was hurling abuses at him. They both actually were saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal on the right has this sudden change, almost like Paul, right, on the road to Damascus. God intervenes or whatever. Gets out, dying on the cross gets this clarity, right? The other criminal, still dying on the cross, has enough energy to still mock and yell at Jesus. And the one criminal on the right gets this clarity. And he says, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Can never say that word, condemnation. And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, Yeshua, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus replied, truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Okay. So, this reveals four things that are needed for salvation out of this passage, right? What is the first one? Do you not even what? That's underlined for you. Fear God. So the first requirement of salvation based on this and the Bible, and God's word, is a fear, healthy fear of God. Okay? Since you're under the blah, 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 okay, um, and we indeed are suffering justly, what's the second requirement? An acknowledgement of your sinfulness. Right? Thirdly, 
this man has done what? So he's sinless, correct? So it's acknowledging that Christ is pure, sinless, without guilt. And then finally, Jesus, or Yeshua, is, is what the, the Jews would refer to, Savior, um, uh, Deliverer, that's what, what basically what the word means. Acknowledging Jesus as the Savior, as the Messiah, the four things. Right? Um, how do we know, so this was a question that kind of would come up with people too. How do we know that the fourth thing is here? So he just says Jesus, Yeshua, right? So how do we know that he's, it's Messiahship or, or salvation? You know, he sees Jesus as the Savior. Well, because he says here, truly, uh, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom, right? So he's not asking, hey, can you go talk to someone and let them know that I need some salvation? Or can you talk to God for me and let them know, hey, you know, can he grant me salvation? No, he's saying he knows who the, the person is. He says, you, when you come in your kingdom. So he acknowledges Jesus as the Christ, as the Savior, as the Messiah, as the one that can give him salvation. Then finally, and he said to him, truly, truly, because it's so, it's, it's, unbelievably, it's unbelievable to think that a sinner like that, a thief that's justly hanging on the cross, can be with Christ in heaven, right? So he says, truly, I say to you, when? Did anyone ever ask what happens after death? The answer is right there, right? The Bible will tell you. You just have to look. When? Today, right? You shall be where? In paradise, right? There's three heavens. Do you know what the three heavens are? Atmospheric, celestial, and the abode of God. Paradises, so this is actually a Greek word. This means the abode of God. So this is saying that a sinful thief who justly hangs will be with God on the same day, right? So that's exactly what it's telling you there. Um, so let's go to the next slide. So once again, I, I don't know if I mentioned, I, I had some training background. I used to be a trainer a while ago and stuff. So I, I can't help but summarize things. So, so I put this here to kind of just do some takeaways. Um, so humor me. But what are the four requirements for salvation? Fear of God, open acknowledgement of own sin, and 1 John 1.9 will actually reinforce that for you, and many other passages. Acknowledgement of sin, sinlessness of Jesus, right? And finally, an acknowledgement that Jesus as Messiah. That is the answer that I gave to the person that asked me through this passage. So, did the thief meet the requirements of salvation? Oh, I gave you the answer, but what do you think? Right? Did they have a fear of God? Did they acknowledge their own sin? Did they acknowledge the sinlessness of Jesus? And did they acknowledge Jesus as Messiah? You check, 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 check. Yes. Right? Do I need to be a good person? Was the thief a good person? We know he was a Jew. We know that he um, was against God's law. And that's, we know that from Jewish, you know, that's the people who they crucified, those against, that were justly convicted against God's law. So we know it's a thief and it's not a good person. And Matthew, Mark also mentioned he was a robber, a thief. So these are not good people by standards of God or our standards, basically. Um, so was he a good person? No. So do you need to be a good person 
to get salvation? Well, according to this, the answer would be no. Right? Works versus grace. So he's hanging on the cross. He didn't have time to get down and do good things, right? Right? So was this thief welcomed by grace or works? Right? Salvation comes from grace. Judgment comes from works. Right? And then finally, um, what happens when we die? I'm sure you've all asked that, pondered that question. There's other verses that also point to this. But today you shall be with me in paradise. Better to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Instantaneous. Those redeemed will go the same day and be with Christ. Right? Now there's a second. You, know, you go as a spirit the second time. You get your body. That's a whole different thing. But you will, based on scripture, on the same day, be with Christ if you're redeemed. Um, and then finally, grace and action. I mean, you can't find a better example of grace and action. Here is a sinner on a cross, justly acknowledges it. Um, the Jew, you know, and he's saved, saved by the grace of God. So the mockers are wrong, and Jesus can save. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your clarity of Scripture. Thank you for clarity of heart and voice and Please hope that the message gets across and no one focuses on me, but on your glorious gospel. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you.